Welcome to Crossroads Connection. This is a show all about having conversations surrounding life, ministry, and culture. I want to say a quick thank you to our friends at the Truth Network for airing this program. And thank you for listening today. I am Tyler, and I'm joined today by Jamie. Jamie, how are you? Hey, Tyler. Good afternoon. I'm doing good. Yeah, it's good yeah. to see you. And as always, I'm joined by the one and only and Andy only. George. Andy, <laughs> how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for that introduction, Tyler. <laughs> uh, and welcome to everybody who are listening and tuning in right now from wherever you are listening from. Uh, here on this Saturday, we welcome you, and it's always our honor to... Uh, have you join us on this program? And so, but I'm doing well. Doing, but how are you doing? Man, I am doing really good. I'm just glad to be here with you guys to do another episode of this show. Yeah, and we're in the same room again. We are. Yeah, that that's a rare thing nowadays. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. I've got my mask right here. <laughs> that's you know, right. we're ready that's to right. go. And- yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all set, ready to go. Yeah. And yeah, we want to bring you 27 minutes of pure ministry joy. Wow. That's the that's the goal, you know. And I do like our tagline. <laughs> I like that it's about life, ministry, and culture. And I think mm-hmm. we hit that pretty well. And I want to talk a little bit about where we are. This is, we're in September. We've made it. I know. We've made it to September. Yeah. Uh, this is the Burr months, but uh, oh. I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> What's the Burr months? Yeah. I've never heard that. I've never. Is that I mean, September, September, October, October November, oh, December. Oh, I was thinking like the Burr. Burr. I, I like think you could, I think winter is coming. <laughs> yes, is I think coming. that it is. Uh, it is interesting, although the beginning of September in Raleigh uh, felt like July. Sure so did. Yeah, it, sure it, it did. was really hot, it was but warm we yesterday. are in the Burr months. I get which it. Which typically is fall, right? Everything fall mm. launching, school, football, sports, pumpkin spice, pumpkin everything. Spi- oh, you know, fall I saw. Is my favorite. End of August, I saw pumpkin spice stuff already starting to come out. Of course. Yeah, it's too early. It's That's my that. take. It's too oh, early. Oh, and. Oh. But people are people are listening people. in their car right now might not know this, but my car still does not have any air conditioning. Oh man. I haven't gotten it mm. fixed. And so I'm driving in, you know, summer months with my windows down. And I'm good if I'm moving. If I stop moving, then it's bad mm-hmm. news. But but I remember driving and I I went through and got a coffee and I saw the pumpkin spice stuff. And I'm just dripping and just I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm melting in my car going too early, too this soon. Yeah, that's not fit. right. Way, yeah. <laughs> way too early. But what is mm. it is fall time. And that means for us as a church and many of the churches that are listening and in the area here, that means that typically this would be our fall launch. Yeah, that's right. big fall launches, Sunday morning classes, Wednesday night classes, Awana, students, yep. different ministries, men, women ministry, all those things. And now uh, it is still fall launch, but it looks just a tad different than it did it's last a year. Yeah. It's a little why? different. I don't know why. why. Would that be yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. Man, yeah. Do explain. Because we've been in seven years of coronavirus. That's why <laughs> it feels uh, like it. It does. I, I felt that the other day where I was like, it's been seven months, and I I feel like it's taken seven years away from me this oh, last seven, seven months. But mm. but it doesn't. So here's the thing. It doesn't mean that life stops. So if you're yeah. listening right now. Life keeps going it has not and, and it hasn't stopped and the church is still going. Church is not canceled. It's not closed, but it still looks different. It still mm-hmm. looks different. So I want to say this, that if you do not have a home church and you want to get connected this fall, we actually have a pretty good lineup of programming and ministries. You can go to crossroads.org slash connect. That is crossroads.org slash connect <laughs> uh, and go ahead and visit that and you'll be able to see our lineup of things that we have. We have something almost every day of the week, virtual. Mm-hmm. We actually have virtual studies happening. Uh, we have live in-person Sunday morning and online services as well. Mm-hmm. But it is just a little bit of a different time. But here's the thing. The vision God gave us as a church and what Jesus gave 
the disciples and us to do as the church is bigger than any one building and it's bigger than any one church. Mm-hmm. Can I hear an amen, somebody? That's where we need like an amen, amen button. Oh, yeah, we'll work yeah. on that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. We do. Time. We need Next we need time. some good Christian knees buttons that you can push. Say it again. Yeah, say it again. <laughs> like, hallelujah. Like Praise amen. The you know. Praise the Lord. Yeah, we need some good things like that. We do. Um or the Seinfeld we'll one. That, on that's it. good work too. <laughs> 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 that was pretty good. Yeah, that was good, Tyler. Was we don't good. need the button. How about you just make the sound yeah. effects? We'll just record it right into the board and you just go and make. You guys didn't see me holding my bass guitar? Oh, right? yeah, I just, yeah, that was yeah, ready for it. Yeah. the bass over there. Let's yes. Go for it. But the, the vision that God has given believers is to go in the world and preach the gospel. That's right. That doesn't stop. It does not stop because of what's happening in the world around us and it doesn't stop for us as a church as well either. So, so that was pretty good. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of that, really believers across this nation are are watching their cities hurting right now. And so I was so grateful for a recent sermon that you preached. It was called A Lament for My City. And of course, it was just incredibly timely because like I said, we're seeing uh, cities really hurting right now. So what, what would you like to share with us about that recent sermon that you preached? Yeah, it was a very timely one. We were preaching out of Lamentations. Uh, you know, lament is to mourn, it's yeah. to weep. And you have Jeremiah who is writing this book, and he is he's known as the weeping prophet mm-hmm. because he's seeing his city being torn apart. Yeah. Uh, he's seeing a city being in captivity. The Babylonians come down. Uh, they just they just ravage the city and they take away captives. There's remnants that still remain, but still, it's just... And, and, and he's seeing this, and he... In the middle of five chapters of Lamentations, right in the middle in chapter three, you know, the first two chapters are very much, you know, condemnation, the judgment of God. Uh, The last two are kind of the future and and kind of the things that are going to happen. But in chapter three, he's able to muster up a message of hope. And I think that that really spoke to me. And oh, yeah. as we were preaching through the Bible, because you know, you both know, and if you've been listening to this program since January 1st, we're going through the Bible together as a church. And so we preach out of where we are. Right. Uh, and so we're now into the major prophets. And so we're preaching through them. And I just wanted to stop for a minute and and preach a message on the title, A Lament for My City. And really, truly what spoke to me uh, quickly was in Luke chapter 19, Luke chapter 19, Jesus is approaching the city, and as Jesus approaches the city, uh, he comes up and it says, when he, drawn, when he drew near this and saw the city, it says that he wept over it. Mm. And you think about Jesus, why would Jesus weep over the city? And then he answers it. He goes to the next line, it says, saying, that would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for you peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. And Jesus is, in a sense, saying, if you kind of just knew who I was and what I was able to bring you and the peace I could have brought you and your families and your city, but it's hidden from you. And Jesus still, again, it it didn't stop Jesus' mission. It didn't make him stop. It makes him go to the cross. And and so I, I, I preached the message kind of at two parts. The first part was based out of action. It's what can we actually do? So it's not enough just to say, wow, the triangle is suffering. All right, well, what are we going to do tonight? You know, let's just kind of go out. Uh, if we right. feel and if we allow the Holy Spirit to break our heart for the city, then we also need to let the Holy Spirit lead us into action. Yeah. But then I started to think, honestly, I always try to think practical. Mm-hmm. Well, then what can we practically do? You know, what can we practically do that can actually help and heal our city instead of possibly creating more damage to it or more heartburn to it? And so what I did is I kind of broke the message down. The first piece is action. This is this is what we can do. And the next part that we're gonna, that we're actually going to listen to a clip of is going to be out of the message about what we can actually say 
what we can bring, you know, the hope that we can bring to it. But I want to pause for a minute here on this program before we jump into that and really go over kind of the five things we talked about. And so if you're listening right now, if you're wondering, what can I actually do that can actually help? Uh, here are five simple steps that can help you love our city. And, and I hope that your heart is somewhat breaking for our city and that you feel that. But here we go. The first one is this, is that we got to spend time with people. Uh, we can't just hide in a little bubble. We can't just hide in our homes. And I know right now, right? I, and I can see the look. I'm, I'm looking at Tyler and his face is like, but I'm not allowed to go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm allowed to go to home. I bubbles are good now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Everybody's like, wait a second. We're supposed to be in a bubble. So yes, we are in certain bubbles and we are being careful, but you got people in your family, you got right. neighbors, you got right. you, some people are still going to work. Uh, some schools are still open and if not, the other ones could be opening soon. Uh, there's neighbors, there's people over this grocery store. Like we're not totally, totally isolated, Correct. but yeah. my thing is this, how are we going to reach people if we're not around people? Mm-hmm. And guess what? You can do it virtually. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that, that's been a huge thing for everybody. I mean, people have stayed connected. Mm-hmm. I've seen people that have had like uh, family reunions virtually. There's been weddings. There's been funerals. There's church services virtually. Businesses are all, most businesses are operating somehow virtually. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be in the same room with somebody, but you got to be in proximity because proximity, when you're close to somebody, you start to learn who they are, right? And that's the goal of it. So that's the first thing. The second one is the goal to listen in order to understand. Uh, this is not happening very well. Right? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. This is revolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> it's so simple, but people just don't do it. Yeah. But the goal is to listen to understand because there's too many people that are listening just to speak or they're listening right. more, more than likely they're listening in order to yell. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of people yelling right now, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people yelling at each other. And if it's not about coronavirus, you know, like, a, like one, one perfect example. Do masks work or don't work? Right. And so people just talk, yelling at each other, you yeah. know, just yelling across the thing. Uh, is it as serious as we thought or not as serious as we thought? And all the, and it's amazing. And we said this before, how everybody becomes a scientist, a politician, or a, theolog- or a theologian mm-hmm. during this time. Like everybody <laughs> thinks that they're one or the other. And oh, if you haven't noticed, maybe you're trying to forget it for 27 minutes, but hate to say it, we are in an election season as well. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to get ready for some yelling, and um, not listening, this is happening right now. Right. But what happened? What would happen if we listen to people in order to understand? And what that does, it does three things. It's a form of love, it's a form of care, and it's a form of respect. Mm. So if I listen to you, not just to listen so that I can have my turn to speak, but to listen to understand, and it doesn't mean that we have to agree, right? It doesn't mean that we have to agree with what everybody's saying. It doesn't mean we have to just say, okay, well, I guess that's the way it is. But you get a lot further when you actually love people, care for people, and respect people. So spend time with people, listen to people. The third one is to pray for people. Let's not forget the power and the importance of prayer. Mm -hmm. That is so incredibly powerful that we are a praying people, that we pray for people, that we believe that God answers prayer, that God God moves in the prayer. So what would happen right now if wherever you are listening to this, if that person that is in your mind right now right? Everybody has somebody in their life right now that God has put there for a reason and a purpose. And maybe you don't really like that person. Maybe they're hard. Maybe they're kind of like an unlovable, unlikable person in your opinion. But what would happen if you just started to pray for them? Mm -hmm. You know, and maybe that somebody is in your house. Maybe you're struggling with your marriage or your kids, but what would happen if we just commit to pray 
Now, watch how this works, right? We spend time with people because we spend time with them. We're listening to them because we're listening to them. Now we actually know how to pray for them mm-hmm. and how wonderful it is to pray specific prayers over what they're actually going through. And the fourth one is this. It's to find a way to serve somebody. I think this is true. If you want to be more like Jesus, serve, plain and simple. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. He came to serve, not be served. So if we want to reflect Jesus to the world around us, then we've got to serve. There's no way around that. But again, we're talking about that person that God possibly has put into your life. So I'm listening to them. I'm I'm praying for them. I'm I'm talking to them. I'm spending time with them. Now I'm now I'm serving them in an area that I know they have a need. And the fifth and final one, which is my hope and desire for all of us, is that we will eventually get to the point where we can share our story with them. You can just share your testimony, share who Jesus is in your life. So to me, that is what we can actually do. If we if we truly are lamenting for our city and weeping over our city, then instead of fighting, instead of yelling, uh, instead of doing things that are sinful in nature. Just what would happen if we just did these things? Spend mm-hmm. time with people, uh, listen to them, understand, you know, personally pray for them, serve them, and then share your story with them. And I think if we do that, I, I think that we'd be amazed at what God would do. Oh, yeah, that, that's so awesome. Well, that's an incredible conversation, but we also have that incredible sermon that we were talking about earlier to get to. I really want to play a clip for our listeners. So let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. And then let's hear more about this message that we were talking about, about taking the message of hope to our city. Perhaps you've asked yourself this question. Are you running the business or is the business running you? How might your teams grow if your teams were driving the business forward instead of you? You are sitting on a wealth of untapped opportunity. It takes courage to learn how to create a culture where your people are truly empowered to own their seats. My name's Cheryl Scanlon, business and executive coach. Working together, we'll go straight to your core challenges to sort through competing demands and realign to your highest priorities for measurable results. Visit c3advantage.net. That's c3advantage.net. Let me read you Lamentations 3 and give you five messages of hope. Starting in verse 22. It says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Again, he's writing this as he's seen his city resorted to rubble and fire, and death and loss. And in the middle of this, he is saying, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. There it is again, my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. The hope of my city is sitting right here in this room. The hope of my city is this room becoming mobilized to bring five incredible messages of hope as we in Raleigh watch our city struggle. As we here in this city watch other cities and other places Struggle. Here's the message of hope. And it might be for you this morning personally, and it's certainly for the world around us. The first one is this, that you and I can hope in the steadfast love of the Lord because it never ends. I think oftentimes as believers, we hear things like that and and we kind of just move on quickly, but do you let that sink in for a moment, what I just said? That the first message of hope is the hope that God has a 
consistent, constant flow of love for you that never ends. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how evil you may be or how much sin you've acquired in your life. The love that God has for you displayed in Jesus, it never ends. It is constant. What would happen if we took that message to a world that's hurting around us? What would happen if we took that message to somebody that does not feel loved right now? What would happen if we take that message to a work or to a neighbor that's struggling, wondering if anybody even knows that they're here, and we, can, we get the opportunity and the privilege to bring a message that says there is a God who has an endless supply of love for you that never ends. The second message of hope that we see, and this one, I, I love this one. It says that there's hope that his mercies never end. And not only do his mercies never end, here's the good news for me and for you, is that they're new every morning. That God, when I got up today, that his mercy... His ability to give me something that I do not deserve was new today. And it's going to be new tomorrow and the rest of the days of my life. Again, I just think of how much good news that is. That it doesn't matter how much sin I've done in my past. That it doesn't even matter how much sin I'm doing right now. That if I can turn to the hope that is God, that his mercy is new today. That God never looks at us and says, I'm sorry, you've kind of hit your limit. I was having a conversation this past week with somebody, and I remember saying this. I can't remember the whole conversation, but I just remember out loud saying, it's just something hit me. I'm so grateful of how patient God is. Is anybody else grateful for how patient God is with you and all your mess and all your stuff? I'm so grateful that he's so patient with me. I'm so grateful that his mercies are new. Now that's for me as a believer. Again, can you imagine what that would do to somebody? More than half of our city that do not have a relationship with Jesus. Over 700,000 people in our city that don't know Jesus, maybe the way you do. Can you imagine what happens when, when they hear maybe for the first time that there's this God that not only loves them, but there's this God that is offering them hope and mercy? The third hope is this. Jeremiah, as he's writing, he says that his hope is in God's faithfulness. Jeremiah wrote this very carefully. It wasn't in Jeremiah's faithfulness. It wasn't in the world's faithfulness. His hope was found in great is your faithfulness, O God. See, here's the hope in that, that even when I am not faithful, God always is faithful. Even when I'm struggling with my next step of faith, God is always faithful to his word. God is always faithful to his promises. All these promises and all this word that is right here in the scripture for us, he is faithful to all of it. And he's just asking us to trust it, to hope in it. Which leads to number four, and I want to kind of explain the fourth one carefully. Hope is found in more than just hope. Let me explain that. Oftentimes, we kind of just hope in hope. I hope that God shows up, or I hope that God is who he says he is, or I hope it's going to work out for the good, but instead, Jeremiah puts a qualifier on it. 
that our hope is found in him. My hope and your hope is found more in just chance or luck or hope, but the hope that we have is found in the person of Jesus. That is our hope. My hope and your hope is not in a political party. That's not your hope. It's not. The hope of all mankind does not rest on one election or one person. The hope of all mankind is found in the person of Jesus. Again, that's why it's kind of, kind of important that we get the message right, the right message to the people around us that the hope that you and I have, it's got to find behind that Jesus will lead to the fifth hope, and that's this. The hope of our very soul, and it's the hope of salvation. The hope, the message of hope that you and I need to bring to a world around us, it's just the hope of salvation. He says that at a soul level, that our soul seeks after him. Everybody that's been born has a soul that's going to spend eternity somewhere. Everybody. And it brings us back to the beginning. When you think about that reality that everybody that you lock eyes with on this side of eternity, every single one of them, including when you look at yourself in the mirror, there is a soul inside of that person that's going to spend eternity in heaven or in hell. There is no third option. There is no waiting game. You don't just go to sleep for eternity. There is a real heaven and a real hell. And the hope to get to eternity with Jesus cannot be found in anything other than the hope of the salvation that he gives to us. And so as we look and our hearts break for this city, and I hope that it, that it does as we look at that and we take these simple action steps just to be around people and, and just to get to the point to share our story. The message, though, the message in the middle of our own city and our own town struggling and hurting, the message of hope is ultimately found in the person of Jesus. With that, I'd love for you to close your eyes and bow your heads here in this room if you wouldn't mind. And those of you watching online, and I, I want to just end this morning with that hope. I certainly don't know everybody in this room, and I definitely don't know everybody watching online. And I don't know where or in who you've put your hope in. And I don't know if maybe this morning if you came in here and your life is a mess and you're hurting and you're worried and you're wondering, can I just point you to hope? And the hope that God's faithfulness and the hope in His Son, Jesus, and hope in eternity. And Scripture says it this way, that if we believe that, if we believe that in our heart and confess that, that the hope and the truth is that Jesus saves us. Listen, church, your soul is going to spend eternity somewhere. The soul of 1.4 million people in the Raleigh metro area, their souls are going to spend eternity somewhere. Do you know where your soul will spend eternity? And if you do, then it's up to us to take that message to the world around us to give them hope. If you don't know this morning, or if you don't know Jesus, let me give you that hope. I'm going to say a prayer this morning. I invite you. If you don't know Jesus in your life, or maybe you think you did a long time ago, I want to invite you back to that. I want to invite you just to pray this prayer with me. And you can use your own words, and if you don't know what to say, you can certainly echo what I'm about to pray. But my hope and desire is this, is not that you leave here with your head down feeling shame or guilt, but that you leave here this morning believing that great God, and great is your faithfulness. 
and the hope of salvation. If you're watching online, I invite you to pray this as well. Jesus, I thank you for hope. Jesus, I thank you that despite what I've made of my life to this point, that there is hope. That my life, I've been made my soul for eternity. And right now, Jesus, I want to give my life to you. That I want to invite that hope and I want to accept and receive that mercy and that grace and that hope of salvation in my life right now. Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for me. Thank you for even giving me hope and knowing who I am. So Lord, today become my Savior of my life. Forgive me of my sins. And Lord, I pray that I live the rest of my days for you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen, as we begin to close this morning, obviously we do things a little different now than we used to because just the nature of what's going on and all of you watching online as well. My desire as a pastor is to make sure that we help you with whatever next step you need in your life. If you made a decision today to accept that hope in your life for the first time, or if you're wondering what your next step might be, it's real simple. We've made it real simple for you to let us know that. And it's simply this. There's a text that you can do real easy. If you just text CRF next to the number 94090, you'll get a quick prompt with some next steps. We'd lo- I would love to celebrate with you. If you this morning received that hope of salvation, I want to know about it. If you're watching online, it's great for you to do, and you can do that here in this room as well. So with that, would you mind all standing to your feet this morning? I have so enjoyed, this is kind of just, it kind of just blesses my pastor's heart that since all this happened about, how long have we been in this pandemic? Seven years now? Is that what it's been? Seven years? Four, six, oh, six, seven months. I'm sorry. Feels like it's been years, but here we are. Uh, since this all happened, the Lord has kind of led us this number six. It's just a pastoral blessing. Thank you for joining and listening to our program today. And thank you to Crossroads Fellowship and the Truth Network for making this show possible. You can find out more information about Crossroads Fellowship at crossroads.org. If this show has impacted you, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at info at crossroads.org. Thank you to C3 Advantage for sponsoring this program. We look forward to having you join us on the next show. Your success as a leader hinges upon buy-in from your teams, clear and consistent communication from you, and strategic delegation. My name's Cheryl Scanlon. C3 Advantage helps you steward your most valuable resource well, improve retention, grow employee engagement, and generate higher team and individual ownership. The success of your organization begins with you and depends on your team. Go deeper as a leader and watch your organization go further. Visit c3advantage.net at c3advantage.net.